If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5, if you would please. Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. And of course, the Christmas season has so many uh, wonderful things that I love and I hope you love too. I had many years, 16 uh, winters and uh, Christmases I spent in Long Beach, California. And that's the tinsel town over there. And Christmas is a little different without uh, the cool weather and things of that nature. And you kind of you walk through uh, Naples, like a Naples uh, area there, where you have water and all the lights and certainly uh, some expense. But a um, little different here in northwest Indiana. And I love, I loved it there, but I really love it here. And I love being here at First Baptist Church with you. And I thank you for your presence tonight. And everybody who's visiting with us tonight, thank you for taking the time to come. I want to share with you just for a few moments on the topic of some hope for our holidays. Hope for holidays. Of course, we're in the early part of December, so uh, we have just a few more days, 21 more days until Christmas, and uh, that's going to be on a Christmas morning this year on a Sunday, and I'm very glad for that. I'm glad we can gather together on Christmas morning. We have about anywhere from 150 to 200 sailors coming, Lord willing, from Great Lakes Naval Base, and our church family is going to make a breakfast and lunch for them, and we're going to enjoy time together uh, with these uh, sailors coming that day. There's several folks, even one precious lady today, a Chinese lady, who uh, has been attending, and God's been working her heart. Today, after the service, she heard the gospel, and she says, I've been waiting for this. I knew God had prepared my heart for this. I'm ready to accept his gift of eternal life. She got saved today. He said, you know, Christmas is on a Sunday. And she said, yes, it is. And uh, so it's okay if I get baptized on Sunday. I think that would be the greatest day. I can get baptized on Christmas Day whenever Christ became real to my life. And so we're excited about that. There's some sweet things taking place, and we're very glad. I want to share with you uh, just a little bit of thought. Hope. You know, the Bible says there abideth faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. But faith and hope is what we use in this life. Uh, the Bible tells us that for by grace are you saved through faith. To get saved or to have eternal life, to have your sins forgiven, you must exercise faith. Now, uh, whenever I got saved, i never seen Jesus. i never seen heaven or hell. I've never seen God, and no one has. The Bible says God is a spirit, and uh, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. But, but if you want to know what God looks like, you'd have to, his body form is the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've never seen Jesus. But I've put my faith in him to save me. And one day the Bible tells us I'm going to see him face to face. And my faith will become sight. But right now I have to believe God by faith. By the way, everybody exercises faith. Um, you have to, you drove here tonight. You drove hoping the person coming towards you would stay in their lane and you would stay in your lane. That's faith. You drove on the car on, on the roads by faith. You got in your car by faith. You, if you went to a restaurant in recent days, you ate that food by faith. You don't know what was going on in that cook, and we don't really want to know what was going on back then. Yeah. When you go to Aldi's or to Strack and Van Teels or you go to a store to buy things, you're putting they're putting things in boxes. You don't know what's in that box. You're operating by faith. Uh, everything we do, I don't understand electricity. I don't know how I flip a switch and all of a sudden everything I want to, want to happen to see, it turns on. I do not know. 
I don't understand it. Some will say, well, I don't, I'm never going to do anything until I understand everything. No, that's not true. There are a lot of things. I don't know how, to, I don't know how electricity all works. Here's why I know. I'm not going to sit in the dark. <laughs> I'm going to turn the light on. I'm going to flip the switch. But faith is what I use in this lifetime because one day my faith will become sight. So faith is something. Faith is really trusting God enough to obey him, to do what he asks us to do. Charity is love. Charity is love. It's, a, it's, a, it's God's way of saying love. Now, it's the pristine attribute of God after his holiness is his love. And one of the things that God says, he doesn't say God is peace, but he certainly, uh, Jesus is the prince of peace. But he does say he's love. And he says the way that this world needs to understand that uh, one of us belong to God is the way we love. I had a friend of mine who came to know Christ a few weeks ago, and I've shared this story before, but I'll share it again. And he, uh, he got saved. And after I shared the gospel with him, he said, Pastor, I know I need to do that. I just saw him just a few minutes ago. And he said, you know, I, I want to go back to the building. Is the building open? Because I think I'd like to get saved in that building at First Baptist Church. I said, well, it's locked right now, but I do have the key. If you want to follow me over there where I talked to him was about a mile and a half from here. And I said, if you want to follow me, he goes, I'd like to do that. If you don't mind, take me to the building. And he came to the building. He stood out in the foyer for a little bit. And he said, man, I feel like I was 10,000 pounds on my chest. He said, do you think it would be all right if I went down and then down by the front? And he came down by the front and he looked up at the cross. And he just stood there for a minute and then he just fell to his knees. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor, I'm ready to get saved. I want, to, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And he knelt right there. I said, do you want me to help you or you think you know how? He said, I probably need a little help. I'm not used to talking to God. And so I helped him get saved. And after the end, he said, oh. I feel like all that 10,000 pounds left me. I know now what it means to be forgiven, and I've accepted Jesus. And his sweet little girlfriend sat right over there in and, and that, that, uh, that third pew where Brother James is. And at the end, she said, I, I want to get saved too. And he said, well, don't do it because I'm doing I know I didn't talk to you about this before. She goes, no, no, I think I'm ready too. And she walked right beside him and knelt right down there at that uh, that, that step, and she fell down on her knees, and I said, okay, you want to get saved? Do you need me to help you? He goes, oh, I, I just heard it. I know how to do it. And she said, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I haven't believed in you my whole life, but I want to believe in you right now. Please save me. And uh, I, I give you that story because he said to me, you know why I want to do it here at the church? He said, because I've been coming here for six weeks, and I've never been any place where I felt more loved than I felt in that building, except for my mother's house. I feel loved in my mother's house. He said, except for there, this is the, the, the only place in the world that I've ever felt so much love in one place. Because he says that's going to be an eternal, that's an eternal uh, attribute. You won't always need faith. And the next topic I want to talk to you about is hope. But you'll always need love. Three million years from today, we'll still be practicing love because we'll be with God, and he is love. Some folks don't, uh, don't understand love. If you tell them that God loves you, it doesn't resonate with them. They have reasons that they built against God. But the God of the Bible is the creator God, 
He's the creator. He made everything. He, the, he wasn't made by, by evolution. I know that's pretty popular, but that's not the Bible way that God created. He created everything. He spoke into existence. He said when he made everything, it was in its original form, it was empty, it was dark, and it was without form. But then two things happened. God's spirit moved and God's word spoke. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's how God, he's the creator of God. Now, if you understand God, then you understand more purpose in your life. And I'll talk about that in just a few moments. But uh, the third attribute I want to talk about, faith and love, but hope. Now, hope is a word that has, um, has developed a different meaning as time goes by. You know words like that. At one time, uh, the word gay meant happy. Now it means a deviant lifestyle. Uh, at one time, certain words that uh, took, we, we understood what they mean, now they have changed. You know, like, like cool used to mean something is not hot. Now it means, hey, you know, <laughs> it means you're Fonzie or whatever, you know, or whatever. You, it just means something different, you know. Well, the word hope is like that. Word hope uh, in the Bible, it means a guarantee based upon God's promise. Okay? We use it differently. We like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain on the picnic. It might or might not rain. You know, oh, I hope my friend comes over on my birthday. They may or may not come. I hope I get the present I'm thinking about for Christmas. It might or might not happen. But when you see it in the Bible, it's far different than that. It's like already a given based upon what God said. And you know, everybody needs hope. A hope based upon God's wonderful, wonderful word. With that in mind, let's look, if we can, please, at Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's on the screen there. Would you mind reading verse 1 with me, everyone together? Therefore, being justified, we have peace with God. All right, there's some great verses there, some great words there. The first word, would you, would you say, would be justified. The word justified is a Bible word. And once again, I'll just, if you don't mind, I'll define the term. Justified means to be declared, to be declared innocent. Before God, okay? Now, everyone needs to be declared innocent before God if you're going to go to heaven. It's a reason for Christmas. Why did Jesus came? He came because there's nobody on this world that can give you and I eternal life. Religion can't give it to you. Baptistry waters can't wash away sin. Uh, joining a church, being the best person you can, not, it's not good enough. Because God is holy and we're not. On the best day of our life, we have issues with God. And the Bible tells us justified means to be declared innocent. Well, how are we declared innocent according to that verse? Therefore, being justified by what element? Faith. That's putting our faith in what Christ did. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God is holy. You and I are not holy. On the best day of our life, we still say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. We think things we shouldn't think. 
today, most of all of us, if we wanted to be honest about it, we could say, yeah, I could think of something I said I shouldn't have said or done I shouldn't have done or thought that no one else knows, but I know it was sin against God. It was wrong. It was not the best thing. Well, the Bible says, if I want to go into eternity with my sin, I'm not going to be justified. But I can be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. So right now, before I was saved, before I came to know Christ, I was at uh, enmity with God. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't at peace with him. Now, I don't know if anybody else would be like me, and I'm sorry if this is the case, but I have been to court a couple times in my adult life. Why? It's none of your business. Well, I'll just tell you, every time I went to court, it wasn't comfortable. I didn't like going there because I did not know the judge. I did not know the attorneys. I did not know the bailiffs. I did not know the system. I, I was pretty miserable and scared because I was guilty of what? Once again, that's none of your business, right? I had done something that uh, I had been pulled over by a police officer, and he has given me a citation to go to the judge. And I didn't like how I felt there. And I had a judge who, he wasn't my enemy, but I wasn't at peace with the law. There was something that had to happen because of my guilt. You know, the truth of the matter is, everybody's going to stand before God one day. The Bible says it's appointed to every man wants to die physically. And after that, the judgment. Everybody's going to stand for it. All roads lead to God. It doesn't matter what we believe. All roads will lead to the God of the Bible. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man, no one will be the exception. You won't be the exception, I'll be the exception, comes to the Father but through me. So every road leads to God. Only one road leads to eternal life with him. And that is Jesus. That's why he said he's the way. He's the truth. And, and that's really what Christianity is about. It's about Christ. It's about him doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. I'll explain that in just a few moments. But I want you to look at the next verse, would you please? Verse number two. And they'll put that back on the screen. Let's read it together. Ready? By whom also we have access wherein we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, by whom, that speaking of Jesus, is through Jesus that we have access by what element? Into the grace, that's what God did for us, wherein we stand. And rejoice, and which is, say the next verse, the next word with me, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The expectations based upon God's word. There's another verse, and we won't turn there, but Titus chapter 1. Verse number two, the Bible says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. You know what eternal life is? It's hope. It's a guarantee based upon God's promise. Colossians chapter one, verse 27, you'll see the hope of the glory of God. That means that, that one day I'll be with him. With that in mind, I want to give you just a quick acrostic, if I can, and then we'll listen to the choir sing and the orchestra play, and thank God for the things getting rebooted and everything's going fine. But I want to give you an acrostic of what does hope do for me? Number one, hope, letter H. It heals me. It's the healing for my past. Hope can provide healing for my past. You know, the reason we need 
eternal life is because of our past. Because over the last season of our life, I don't care if you're 81, 18, or 17, all of us have sinned against God. Now, some of us have been sinned against. Some of us have done things, and some, th some of us have things done to us that are very painful, very hurtful, very embarrassing, but very pensive and very, very tentilating. And you know, I love, that, I love that Jesus Christ is our hope because he can heal me from my pain of my past and my sin. I don't know who you are today, but you know what Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I have a sweet friend that's in the service tonight. And he was so broken. Sin had really taken him down a bad road. He was fearful. He couldn't rest at night. He was trying to find ways to get to God. His heart was heavy. His burden was heavy. There had been things happening in his life that really did confuse and frustrate and bring him to a place where he did not know if he wanted to still live and want to know how to figure it out. But one day he found this verse, Matthew 11, Come unto me, unto Jesus, all that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, learn to me, for I am meek and lowly, and you'll find rest for your soul. I wonder what your purpose of life is. What are you trying to accomplish in your life? Number two, are you happy? Are you happy without Jesus? Are you happy in your pursuit? When you're alone by yourself, you know, God lets us know. One of his favorite words in the Bible is the word come, come. Before he, he says, come to me, all of your labor. He says, call unto me, I will answer thee. Throughout the Bible, at the end of the Bible, the last few pages and verses of the Bible in the, in the book of the Revelation, he said, in eternity future, the Spirit and the bride, the church and the Holy Spirit, they say, come. And if you're thirsty, you can come. Not come to the church and come to a pastor or a priest. Not come to commandments or ordinances. But come to Jesus Christ. Because he is the healer. He can heal our past. The Bible says that by his stripes, part of the reasons he was beaten on the cross, was prophesied 500 years before he was beaten, that by his stripes we are healed. He will heal our past. Number two he has an option for our sin. See, the Bible's very clear. If I had to pay for my own sin, the wages of sin is death. So if I have to pay for my own sin, now, let me just tell you this, you may already know this, but in the Bible, there are two deaths. Both of them are separation. Tomorrow I'll stand in front of a casket of a precious lady named Ada Harper. Miss Ada Harper is the sweet mom of Miss Jean Schaefer and Cheryl and Tammy Hobson and, and uh, her son Gary. They were all there with me when I went to see their mom. She was on a, a breathing mass. She was conscious. She saw me. I saw her. We talked a little bit. Her breathing was labored, but I knew, I felt pretty sure that I wouldn't be gone very long before she would transition into eternity. We talked for a little bit, and then I prayed with her, kissed her on the head, and I said, Miss Ada, we love you. You're in good company. You have your kids here. And um, 
And if I don't see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And she acknowledged that she knew that she was going to be with Jesus. She was going to go into eternity. She had accepted the Lord as her Savior. I'm so glad that someone had a vacation Bible school in West Virginia. And it was there that she asked Jesus to save her and asked God to forgive her. And she's raised four wonderful kids we all know and love. But what happened a few hours later when I left there, I got a text and it said, Pastor, Mom's in heaven. She passed away. What happened when she passed away is the family watched it. Her body stayed and her spirit and soul separated. There was a separation. It's difficult for them. The reason there's going to be lots of tears tomorrow and the reason there's challenges today is because they can't get her to respond anymore. She's gone. Her spirit and soul are with God and her body's here in separation. That's going to happen to me and that's going to happen to you and you want it to happen to you, especially if you're 105 or 104. You'll want to exit this body. It's not made for eternity. God has a glorified body for those who accept Jesus, but this body is temporal. It has moles. It has deformities. It has some of you guys, you don't have any hair. Bless your heart. My hair is so thick, Moses couldn't part it. You know, it's... uh, but we got all of us, even though we might put, you know, put a suit and tie on or a dress and you look good, but the truth of the matter, we don't look all that good. Our body is deteriorating, and one day we're going to leave it. And that will be the first separation. The second separation, though, is far more serious, and it can be avoided. And the Bible tells us that uh, in the book of the Revelation, that one day death and hell will be put into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life would be cast into this place called the lake of fire. Let me tell you, everybody who goes to hell goes to hell loved. But everyone who goes to hell goes to hell unsaved. God's love is powerful, but it cannot make you get saved. It's the way we're saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and he took our sin for us. But I love the hope of, for holidays because it brings healing for my past and it brings an option for my sin. And the Bible is the wages of sin is death. And there's a book called the book of life. If your name is not there, you're going to spend eternity without God, separated from him. Remember that first death is separation of body and soul. The second death is separation from God eternally. God is going to be in existence for all. He always was and he always will be. We live in a little bit of a capsule called time. And then if we accept him in this time, we accept his son Jesus, we spend eternity with him. If we reject him, we don't. Every once in a while when I explain this, people will say, well, look, what about people who never heard? First of all, God says he is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So God has lit up every individual. I think another thing, the Bible says the whole world, one day when they stand for God, will be without excuse. You'll be without excuse. I'd be without excuse if I rejected the Lord. But the more important question is, why would you have a question like that that would keep you from getting saved? God has brought the gospel to you. And you don't want to, I don't know about you, but there's nothing in the world worth going to hell over. I wouldn't want to spend eternity in the lake of fire because I had a, I had a bunch of questions and wanted to be the devil's advocate on asking those things, especially when God made his plan so simple. But God's option for my sin and the hope for the holidays is that Jesus died so I could live. 
The wages of sin is death. What did Jesus do on the cross? He died. He died so I could live. He was separated from his heavenly father so I would not have to be separated from God. And when he did that, he offers us the gift of eternal life. There is hope for the holidays when you understand what Jesus did. Number one, he brought healing from our past. He brings an option for our sin, and that's forgiveness. That's forgiveness of sin. And then I think also he gives us purpose for our present. Everybody needs purpose. I heard about a guy named Michael Latito. Michael Latito is a French guy, and he wanted to be very famous. He wanted people to know who he was, and I shared this story with our teenagers this week. And so he found out uh, he could, he found a machine that would grind metal and glass into very small powder. And he felt like he could be famous if he got into the world's Guinness Book of World Records. So he started grinding things down into powder and uh, metal and glass, and then putting on his oatmeal and on his cereal and on his on his, uh, his mashed potatoes or whatever he would eat. He just put a little bit at a time. And uh, as time would have it, he would successfully uh, eat six bicycles, nine chandeliers, a grocery cart. And at the end, he managed to live the rest of his life and ingested an entire small Cessna airplane. And if you look up his name, he'll be in the Guinness Book of World Records. He became famous eating glass and metal one little granule at a time. Isn't that impressive? How many would like to be like Mike, huh? No. Most of us think that guy is a nut. Why would he spend his life doing that? And I think Moses agree, that guy is crippled too high for crutches. He's got issues. But you know the truth of the matter is, there are some people that will live and die. And they might have a few bucks in the bank. They might have some money in their 401k. They might have enjoyed the car they wanted to drive or the neighborhood they want to live in. And then they die. And they do not go to heaven with God. They go into a place of separation from him forever in the lake of fire. Dear friend, I think all of us need to understand that God's hope for the holidays comes in the person of Jesus because he can bring healing from my past. He can bring an option for my sin. The wage of sin is death. He died so I could have a gift of eternal life. I want to share with you the last thing that he can give us through hope, and that is eternal life for our future. Can I just share with you, I'm going to cut to the chase. Say, Pastor, if I wanted to know for sure I was going to heaven, what do I need to understand? Number one, you need to understand that God, the creator God, loves you. He made you, but he loves you. Number two, understand that even though he loves you, you and I have an issue with him. He's holy and we're not. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter how good we are, we've all sinned. And we cannot go into his presence and live with him forever in our own righteousness. The wages of sin is death. Separation from God eternally in the lake of fire. But God has a gift. The gift is eternal life. Now let me just say to you, 
Understand this clearly. Eternal life is not a reward for doing the right thing or the right things. Many people feel like if you're going to go to heaven, you've got to do this and this and stop doing that. That's not true to the Bible. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, that anyone gets saved. So the secret of eternal life is to learn that it cannot be earned. You can't earn it. You must believe it. You must receive it. And you must accept the gift. A gift has to be free. Someone wants to give you a gift and they say, just wash my car three times and you can have it. It's not really a gift. A gift has to be free, but it has to be received. It has to be accepted. If I have a gift for you, you have a gift for me, but we won't exchange it. It's not really your gift. It's not mine. It has to be an acceptance made. Someone tonight is going to get this little basket that's been put together, a beautiful Christmas basket. But the truth of the matter is, it'll be a gift. There's not charging you anything to get it. It's just going to be saying, hey, you want it? Congratulations. We're just going to hand it to you. You know, to have eternal life, someone can say, well, you know, I don't want it. And you, and you won't take it home. It'll be your choice to accept it or reject it. The same is true with eternal life. God loves you. He's paid for your sin. He sent his son. He's done all that needs to be, do, to be done so you and I can be saved. We have to put our faith in Christ. And if, if the Bible says, well, how do we do that? Well, here's how we do it. The Bible says we would believe in our heart that only Jesus could pay for our sin. And then we ask him to do it. We believe and receive. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says this, but as many as received him, received Jesus, to them God gave power to become God's child, even to them that believe on his name. It's, a, it's kind of a rhyme. To be saved, you must believe and receive. You must believe that only Jesus could save you, and then you must ask him to save you. The next verse says, when we do that, we're born. Not of blood, not because your parents made you a Baptist or they made you a Catholic or they made you a Christian or they made you a Hindu or they made you a Muslim. No, no, it's not of blood. Your parents can't, Linda and I, we have nine children. I love all of them, but I can't make them get saved. I can't put them in God's family. That's an individual choice that has to be done by them. So it's not by blood. It's not by the will of the flesh. It's not something you can muster and say, here's how good I am. This is why you should accept me. No, it's not possible that way. It's not by the will of man. Quite frankly, I want every friend I know to come and receive the gift of eternal life, but I can't get you to do that. And you couldn't get me to do that years ago. No one could. It has to be a personal decision. But there's hope for the holidays when we understand that Jesus heals me from my past. He gives an option for my sin, which is his gift of eternal life. He gives me purpose for my present. Now I can understand, okay, now why am I on the planet? What God wants me to do with my life? And he gives me eternal life for my future. Do you have eternal life on this Christmas season, this holiday season? Is there hope, eternal hope for you? If not, I want to encourage you to believe and receive Jesus even as we speak. Let's